Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> Does that sound alright? <laughs> what the fuck was that? About? I don't know. Um, okay, I think we're good. Think Sick. We're good. Uh, first podcast outside. So that's pretty cool. That is... Oh, we're starting. Okay, sick. No, I mean, oh. we can start whenever, whenever we need <laughs> do to. Do we need to do one of these, like... No, no, no. Sing the audio. Three, two, one. <laughs> Beautiful. Can you... Yeah, okay. This mic's, like, weak. Can you hear me? Yeah, your mic's working good. Oh, well, sick. maybe that's because you have a Solid. voice. Oh, wow. Rude. Yeah. You, you have a power lifter voice. <laughs> Because you are a powerlifter, right? Yes, yes. I am a junior, 67.5. I've been... I know you don't know what that means. <laughs> uh, junior is the like, age division, so I'm 21 years old, which makes, which makes me a junior. And 67.5 kilos is my weight class. So um, how much you benching? Benching? Oh, bench has been rough recently. Um, I think the most I've benched recently is 120. Okay. Like an RPE eight. So um, I, I can still say I have you there. You do still have me on bench, but yes. probably not in a squad. Next week though, one thirty-five. No, actually, probably not. Um, the goal is like sixty, sixty-five kilos. I'm competing in November, so hopefully sixty-five kilos by November, which is like one thirty-six. I want to say. So how much is the squat? I assume is probably good right? oh major massive no kidding um, <laughs> <laughs> my squat last time i competed was 105 kilos which is 231 pounds um i so, doubled 100 kilos the other week for like an rpe8 and that's like 220 pounds yeah yeah ha- have you seen the dudes like i assume you you go to a powerlifting gym right i do i go to the shop in manassas yeah um and I assume that the dudes come in there and they, they you know, with their with their two inch t shirts on and they Oh they're crazy, yeah. 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 Um but I, I love a I love a crop top on a um, is what's the difference that you notice there between men's and females? Men, <laughs> men's and females? Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know if there's a really big difference between male and female power oh. levels. <laughs> <laughs> Men's, Men, and men's and females. Um, I guess, like, what do you mean? I guess, like, what are you trying to get at? Well, obviously, um, the weight's going to be different. Yes, they are. Men are generally a lot stronger. Yeah, yeah. Well, you also have to think about strength um, doesn't necessarily relate to, like, obviously, you're going to lift more weight than me, but that does not mean that you're stronger than me because things have to be pound for pound, right? And so there's this equation or this formula that we use called a dot score that takes into account your weight and whether or not you're male or female, um, since men have a biological advantage when it comes to strength. So like some of my guy friends might be lifting more weight than me, but I'm still stronger than them. On, the, the, on, dots, the, dot on the dot score. Because so, so they, weigh, they weigh more and they're male. Yeah. Um, so when you're looking at strength like that, in like a nuanced sense yeah. um how much weight you're lifting doesn't exactly you know equate to how strong you are so in comparison to another person yeah so so what i've been hearing though around these these powerlifting gyms mm-hmm. um is that there's some drama <laughs> there's no drama <laughs> actually no there's i feel like <laughs> i stay away from the drama i think it's funny i think no generally the powerlifting community is very, very supportive. Um, I've made a lot of friends that way. Some of my really good friends I've met in the gym. Um, so I think there's drama like there is with any sport. I think since we spend so much time together, you know, we, it's such a small community. So you kind of, everyone knows everyone. Small world. Yeah. Um, the, uh, the dude's like completely freaking ro- roided out. No. So if you compete in USAPL, which is what me and all my friends compete in, um, we get drug tested and oh, it's a, it's a, I have a never, I have never, um, received the compliment of being drug tested. I'm not that strong. <laughs> <laughs> um, they like say, odd. they say it's random. And I think to some extent it is, but also if you come into your first meet and you blow it out of the water and you're, you know, a hundred pound female benching 200, they're probably going to test you. Um, yeah. So, you know, I don't know in, in sports, I, f- I feel like I'm in the, 
I'm an advocate for uh, use whatever the hell you can no. to, to get <laughs> as big of an advantage. They're, dude, I want to watch, dude, uh, you know how crazy it'd be if all the dudes in baseball were just completely jacked out of their minds? It would be funny. <laughs> it would be funny. No, but I think there are, and there are federations in which they don't test, and you can do that. Um, the same thing goes for bodybuilding, right? Like, there's tested and there's raw competitions. Um, so, you know, if you compete in a... Well, I, we call it raw. I don't know if bodybuilders call it... Yeah. So, like, so like, like when, you, when you lift, you say you hit it raw. Oh, my God. No. And actually, that's kind of... <laughs> I kind of misspoke. Raw, raw and equipped is something else. I was, that's, that's, a, that's a different conversation. Because that's a weird wording. But, no, we're all, we're all... There's tested and untested leagues in bodybuilding, I guess is how I should put it. Tested and untested federations or competitions. Yeah, yeah. So the same thing goes for powerlifting. Like, if you want to, if you want to be roided up, brother, <laughs> there's a federation out there for you. But yeah. that's not USAPL. And I think it's nice because I personally would rather see how far I could push my body in its natural state. I have nothing against yeah. roids for other people, or even just like testosterone or like other options. Like, if that's if that's what you want to do, it's your body. That's cool. I just want to do it personally, yeah. and I prefer to see how far I can push my body naturally and how it, far my friends can push their bodies Is it naturally. true that the roids like like for dudes that can like make your make your parts smaller? Is that um, true? I have never seen a roided part. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and I've never asked my roided friends about no, their um uh, no, about their I, parts. Let me let me rephrase that. I don't uh, I don't you, know if I've ever talked about From a medical standpoint. Like what what are some of that the, the side it effects? Might like it might make it I don't as, know. As a PSA, I don't know if it makes for, it smaller. For, That's a great I, question. I do. Well one thing is you can get gyno, which is kinda like a buildup of fat in the pec area, like behind the nipple. So a lot of Oh, I've heard have, you can get some man boobs. Yeah, some man titties. Um which is like nothing wrong with a little gyno. You can get gyno from other things too like not just right um ain't nothing wrong with a little guy now um <laughs> they they're definitely a lot more hormonal not necessarily when they're like roid rage isn't so much when they're on the roids but when they come off of them yeah like like a um, withdrawal yeah so there's roid rage um but as a psa because i know people um that in high school like mm-hmm. and whether it's for football or to lift weights whatever mm-hmm. that are um on something like even if it's you know not necessarily like creatine but like something well and creatine that's if you're i take creatine yeah creatine's the the most known right that's just a supplement rather than still that could have effects i think it helps you retain water in your muscles and therefore it helps muscle recovery and building mass but i don't think i would consider it an enhancer you know what i mean like yeah yeah yeah. not in the same way as like injecting right right i think you know, it it's the same as like protein powder. You know what I mean? Like adding supplements or like yeah. If like but what exactly is is like where where is the line? And well, in terms of protein powder, what is like creatine different from creatine monohydrate? Is naturally occurring in the body. Um, and I don't know exactly so what it just, is, but it it's something that your body. It's, it's something. That, yeah, yeah. It's something that your body creates anyway. Um, and so by taking more of it. It allows you to retain more water in your water in your muscles, and build more muscle mass over time, and it helps with muscle recovery. Yeah, protein powders definitely adding that macro. Definitely, I've noticed more people <coughs> taking creatine. that. Yeah. It's gotten more popular, I think, a lot yeah, recently. I think the gym has also just gotten more yeah, popular, that's, especially that's, on social media. That's a thing. Social media and this uh, sort of like gym culture. Yes, that's like yes. come out shortly, like with the gym bros. Gym bros. Oh. <laughs> Yeah. Gym, bro. I don't. Th- that's not necessarily a bad thing, though. I mean, no, I don't think so either. Because I think people getting into the gym is really important. And it's good for your health and it's good for your mental health. Yeah, nothing wrong um, with nothing very wrong good with outlet, good way to make friends. So, I'm pro yeah. the gym social media thing. I think it like some people feel like it's ruined it in some ways, but I don't think so. Like I think it just you know, like uh, yeah, I guess the idea of like a gym influencer is kind of annoying, but I, th- I don't know. I think yeah. like they're cool. I don't know. People are cool. I think they're just trying to like share their love and their passion of it with other people. So yeah, don't don't grind the cup because it can pick up the sound. Oh oh, sorry. <laughs> hey guys, I got a new Yeti cup today. And I'm really I'm really happy with it. So I keep moving it around, but yeah. For for reference to the to the viewer the the auditory experience, this is the first um, episode that uh, coincidentally I've done outside we and are also outside. done. 
with a female. Oh, I'm the first girl you talk. Yeah. Oh my gosh! So so that I is so that's honored. actually a monumental occasion. You, we are outside in nature with Mother Nature. Yeah, you you weren't and supposed I to be. And I am a woman. <laughs> <laughs> you weren't supposed to be the, the first girl. Uh, people have canceled on me. Oh. I'm not gonna say names, but a couple people have canceled on me. Freaking females! No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I love. We love women. We are girls, girls in this household. <laughs> like actually. <laughs> so, so I guess while we while we lead into that to make it as awkward uh, as possible. Oh great. Um, what's the female experience like? Um, I mean, it's like cool. Is it dope? <laughs> it's pretty dope. I like being a girl. I wouldn't. I wouldn't change it. I wouldn't wish otherwise. So, but Happy. but if you were a dude for one day, <clears throat> what yeah. do you do? Jerk off. <laughs> okay, well that's First that's priority. a normal answer. That's a normal First priority answer. Would be that's like, a normal answer. I feel like that's if I anyone wanna, says they're yeah. not gonna try that. I just want like the like, full dick experience. Yeah. Like right? you know, full handle. But then after that, probably like walk around at night and not like Damn, worry. That's, that's deep. No, not really. <laughs> I think it's No, I know but, but that okay, now let's get into something more serious. Oh, okay. Right? Because you're an abduction. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but but you Obviously, went to college. Where did you go to college? Just for, I uh, am a s- rising senior, or in a couple weeks, I'll be a senior at George Mason University. Yeah. Studying and global affairs, Korean and Italian. Yeah, she can speak Korean. It's pretty cool. Although she yeah. prefaced by saying she would not that speak any Korean. I will not Korean. be speaking any so, languages so on this that, podcast. That went out the English. window. Um, <laughs> English. <laughs> uh, but um, at least on social media, and rightly so, there's been a lot of talk about that college culture. Co- college culture which mm-hmm. um becomes unsafe for women at yeah. a certain certain time sure. and y- you mentioned you know being able to go, <coughs> go out at night and mm-hmm. that type of thing so what's your experience been with, with that? college i mean mason is very safe very safe campus i don't think i've ever there was one point where i thought i was being followed but turns out mans was just really confused <laughs> um so <laughs> me and my <laughs> directions in the library yeah, no it was like to my room but he thought it was his room um wait and, uh, Hey, so hey, <laughs> he was trying to he, come to your room, but he thought he got okay, off the yeah. elevator with me. No, I know his intention. Came up like right behind me as I was opening my door, and I like turned around and closed it really quickly. And then so I went to like the community director, and I was like, "Yo, this man just tried to like come into my room with me." And so we looked at the security footage, um, and then he kept watching past when that happened, and he realized that the guy lived in the exact same room as me, just one floor up. Oh. So we think he got off the elevator with me just not paying attention to what yeah. floor he was on and then, still, he, and then he and then he was like kind of like oh though. what is this chick doing going into my room so it was scary but it was i it was just an accident yeah, he just wasn't yeah. paying attention but i really yeah. thought i was like oh i almost died yeah. um but no mason very safe besides that i don't think i've ever felt unsafe on campus um never had any harassment issues been to plenty of frat parties and nothing has gone wrong that unfortunately hasn't been the experience for all of my friends um, but nothing has ever, I well, think the worst good. thing that happened at a frat party that's I was at good. was a gun got drawn and someone got tased one time. That was pretty cool. That is cool. But Did they like, blah, 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 blah. I, I didn't know. see it. I didn't see it. I was like upstairs. It's kind of messed up. I wish I had seen it. Um, but yeah, besides that, no issues personally. Yeah. Well, th- well, that's good. Um, I do think I'm very privileged in that, or like. But I, yeah, I know like a lucky, lot of a lot lucky of bigger maybe state school like like that yeah. type of scene, um, you know, especially you talk about uh, Georgia or yeah, you know, colleges like that, right. like that, right. like the bigger anywhere with a big party culture. Like, yeah, the, it just big, unfortunately like Miami or is you know, what happens. I mean, because like there's instances that happen in big crowds at parties, and that just like unfortunately is kind of part of being at a party or being in a big crowd. Um, not that it makes it okay, but it makes it a lot easier for those things to happen. Um, or it makes it easier for predators to, like, find people. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, you also have, like, individual... I think you also have instances, like, in relationships where they're just abusive relationships and, like, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. So, there's just many different kinds of abuse or, like... Yeah. You know. Yeah. But it's good that, it's good that now people are, um, becoming aware of that. Yes. I just um, think we have a really good conversation going around it. So yeah. Good. Hashtag me too. <laughs> I actually did a paper on that hashtag and like social media movements on Twitter 
that like utilize hashtags. Yeah. I did this like freshman year about like how hashtags are used to mobilize movements and stuff. Do you think uh, is it that Elon Musk purchase Twitter? Of Twitter. Of Twitter. Of good? Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> I he I just laugh at this point. He just geeks me. Like I just think he's yeah. so funny. Like, yeah. <laughs> just like I just, I don't feel like he's real. Yeah, the dude, um, his tweets are so funny. He, he's yeah. like a, a robot. I think at first he was like kind of ruining it, and everyone was kind of pissed. But like now, I don't think like like when I go on Twitter, I don't think like oh, the effects of Elon Musk when I'm like <laughs> on my Twitter. You know, feed, like yeah. it doesn't really look or operate that much different now. So I think like after all of I think he came in and he tried to make big changes and it did not go over well and I think yeah. it's died down now and it's like whatever. Well, I but think I think laying off, you know, the majority of the workers was actually a good thing. Oh, I think it was a good thing. <laughs> Why do you think? Because they it was had a, good a thing? lot of people. Um, at least I, I you know I watched videos and articles and stuff and the, there's only a, it's a windowed um, viewpoint of it. So mm-hmm. obviously you don't know the whole story, but um, from what I could glean was that there was a lot of uh, misuse. Employees being paid to do nothing. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people that, you know, had jobs that probably shouldn't have had jobs. Right. So, I, I don't know. He, he It seemed like he took an extreme apo- approach. But, right, um, right. Some of that did need to happen. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and I do like the free, the free speech things mm-hmm. that he's doing. Um, I mean, what do you think about that? I mean... While we're here, I mean, I like think... seeing uh, dumb Trump, although he's not back on it, but um, <laughs> also, his account was open. Andrew Tate's account up. back on there again. Two characters that I just feel like are not <laughs> real people because I'm like, yeah. how could anything come out of your mouth like that and you be okay with it? <laughs> like, I just, oh. yeah, there's a lot of, um, yeah, it, it's but uh, uh, we did have this conversation earlier, but from at least people like that. Um, what they sh- say more as um, their the reaction mm-hmm. to what they're saying, or the the fan bases that accompany them should be um, looked at more than exactly what they're saying. Because right. because the reaction to some of like whether it's Andrew Tate mm-hmm. or Donald Trump, um, you know you watch those videos of uh, election night, uh, Hillary Clinton versus Donald Trump, mm-hmm. and you see everyone all the media outlets saying like it's not going to be close. Everyone. You know, Hillary's throwing this huge party, sure. and everyone, and then and then uh, it's like a twenty-minute laugh track of people just being right. super sad because no one expected that to happen. Yeah. It's like, what is that that audience that they've found of people to sympathize with? Right. I think. Well, a we're a very polarized society, and yeah. I think it's gotten increasingly and steadily worse. So we need to figure out, and I don't have an answer as to how to fix that, but we, I think we have to figure it out. I also think it's just an effect of social media and kind of, like, cultural globalization or, like, technological globalization. Because, you know, back in whenever, if you had a crazy man like Andrew Tate in your town, he was just, oh, that's just Jim, like, that's just the weird guy in town. But, like, it was never, it was, that's just the crazy man in town. And, like, everyone's like, oh, well, that's stupid. Maybe some people listen to him, but it's like, oh, that's just the crazy guy. Like, it never left, it, it didn't gain global traction because there was no way of it gaining global yeah. traction we weren't well, this interconnected you could say the first globalizing force freaking catholic church and all those <laughs> monstrosities <laughs> <laughs> um, you know how they but yeah like there was no way for crazy joe down the street to like yeah, yeah. get an audience besides the five people that lived in your community so like you know i think that's just a big part of Another feature of being outside. Another we have feature of being outside. People we above have, and below. We have guests. Yeah. As above, and those, so below. Those are uh, those bugs back there. Is that cicadas? Is that what that is? Probably. But they they make a loud. That's just crickets. I don't think. No, those aren't cicadas. Cicadas sound different. Yeah, I used to be deathly afraid of, of the of cicadas. I was the the, the the praying mantis that uh, that like eats the male yes. after they procreate. Yes. Yes. Dude, I had a nightmare once that I was. Being eaten. eaten by my wife. You're not into that. <laughs> you know, I work, <laughs> I, I work with kids, and one of the kids usually into insects. And she told me, she came up to me, she was like, do you know what my favorite insect is? And I was like, what's your favorite insect, dude? She was like, the praying mantis. Because they kill and they eat their boyfriends. And I was like, right on, sis. I was like, that's amazing. <laughs> I think um, some spiders 
eat their children. Black or black widows do the same thing with their partners. I don't know about children. I know hamster dads will eat their children. What? So the hamster mom has to separate. Yeah, the hamster dad will like eat. He be, the he be how munching. Do they, how do they? He be munching. How do they like? Consi- like, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> okay, never again. Never again. I don't. Again. Uh, what's your question? How do they like? How, how do they keep hamstering if they all, all the babies are keep eaten hamstering? Dad? Well, I think in the wild, like they would be able to get away from their dad. They'd be able to like scurry off, or like maybe the dad would leave. But if they're in like in a cage, like at someone's house, you know, he's like, yeah. ooh, fresh meat. So they're like right there. I don't really know. I don't. That's think. crazy. I don't know much about hamsters, but I know that. And I know that my hamster died when I was like eleven. What was his name? Her name was Twilight. My bad. I know. Was it Twilight? Yeah, it was Twilight. And she, uh, one of my friends I went to school with uh, that lived in our neighborhood, came over and she bit him while he was at our house. And the next day she died. So my the theory, girl. My Twilight, my hamster, she died. Oh, the next I thought you meant the no, kid died. No, the kid. <laughs> no, no. The kid like Twilight he, have rabies. No, his name was Chase. So oh, okay. Twilight bit Chase, and then the next day she died. So my theory is that Chase was poisonous. And she died. Wait. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. She actually choked on her own bedding. She was trying to eat the bedding in like the floor of her cage, and she choked and she died. Yeah. But I think it's funnier if Chase poisoned her. Yeah. So that's my, Dude, that's my when I, uh, theory. Dude, when I... When I, I heard uh, something when someone was going to, um, maybe this is another podcast. I'm not, I'm not sure, but someone was going to, to see a koala, okay. right? Mm-hmm. And they were like, like, Bryce, watch out. Koalas have, like, devastating chlamydia, oh. right? Like, they got some shit. Do they? And it was like, yeah, you better stay away from them. They got some things. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I was like, dude, he better stay away from me. I got some things. Oh, <laughs> no. Oh, no. Yeah, so pretty They're, much the same thing. It's But but humans can, um, like, the oils on your skin yeah. and, and shit like that interact with, with, yeah. with animals. So R.I.P. Twilight. Yeah. And then we got a guinea pig. His name was Galileo. He was insane. So we returned him to Petco. Insane. In he would, like, chew way? on his cage and, like, rattle it, and he, like, tried to bite us, and he hated all of us. He did it at first, but then over time. And I don't know why, because we had a little ball for him. We treated him very nicely. We used to play games with him. Is it? But um, he went insane, and he wanted out, so we took him back to Petco. What's the uh, the difference between a guinea pig and hamster? Hamsters are smaller. But Signif- they look significantly, very similar. They look very similar. I can't give you any other difference besides size. They look different in the face. Hamsters are, like, rounder in the face, whereas guinea pigs have, like, a snout, if you will. If I will. Yeah. They're, they're, they're like, a gerbil. Gerbils are smaller, I think. No, but they... Wait, uh, is a gerbil a different thing? I thought the gerbil was the name for the classification. I don't know. You're asking the wrong person, but I believe a gerbil is something else. Dude, I can't wait to get a minor in, uh, like, archaeology. That, that has nothing to <laughs> no, do. No, I know, but that I was thinking the like study biology about biology or zoology rather. And yeah, you, and you can specialize in small mammals, but no. But um, I meant I, I was gathering that, but then okay. I, I transferred it to archaeology because I feel like that would be pretty cool. That would be cool. It has nothing to do with gerbils. I mean, unless not really though. What are you studying? That's not global archaeology. Oh yeah, you, you mentioned that I earlier. Did, so wh- what does that entail? Oh, goodness. <laughs> uh, well, Global Affairs is a very, like, mixed bag. Um, very eclectic, I guess yeah. one so, could so say. You pull from a lot of different um, areas of study. So, like, for instance, I've taken classes on law. I've taken classes on politics. I've taken classes on culture. But it's, I've taken it, classes on history. It's sort of like it's very it's very similar to international relations, but we focus okay. a little bit less on like the legal side of relations yeah. and like the um, yeah I guess so, the legal like administrative side and more so on the people the human side of it. The human side of like yeah. relationships between countries. So that's um, diplomatic that, process. So that's like a pretty general. Degree, yeah, you right? can so go into a, a lot, lot. Of, a lot of like a lot it. of people who graduate from our program will go to state or they'll go to the UN or they'll go to CIA, DOD, do sort of those classified jobs, yeah. FBI, or they'll go work for nonprofits. Yeah. Yeah. Professors do Speaking research. of nonprofits, uh, sponsor, not paid because that's illegal. 
Um, Comic Aid! Yeah, check out ComicAid.org. We got some big things coming up. Uh, I couldn't get a sponsor for this episode because, um, again, we're outside. It's hard to reach the computer from outside. So The, uh, the lobsters are... Not the lobsters. What? <laughs> Not the lobsters. Crickets. I was trying to say crickets. The crickets are the sponsors. Oh, yeah. It's sponsored by the annoying ass small bitches behind us. Yes. Um, where were we? Oh, that's what I was going to say. You mentioned CIA. Yes. Um, jobs. So, recently I took a trip uh, to Washington, D.C., our nation's mm-hmm. capital. And you didn't stop by my house and say hi to me? Uh, were you on a school trip? Uh, no. No. Oh, no. So you had so, every. So we were meeting Italian people from you... Italy. Oh, I actually rescind my uh, my my pain and my hurt because I was working and I could have come to the baseball game and I didn't. So oh, I take back okay. my my um because I did offense. see because you saw yeah. my siblings. Yes, I did. Yes. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> speaking of yeah, yeah, little ones. Um, but. We toured the White House, which was very cool. You did? Oh, no. This was just you and your family? Uh, yes, this was this was um, just me. Um, and there's a Secret Service dude there. Yeah. Uh, and we came up to him and we were like, can... Um, <laughs> he like is stuck in the chair. Can we ask you questions? And I thought that they were... Um, like they Secret Service, they're not allowed to say anything, right? No, no, they can talk. But they, they, yeah, the, <laughs> they the dude mouths. was super chill. We, we were asking him. Um, so there's two different sects you can go into. You can um, go into um, the suit, which mm-hmm. is like uh, the dudes that were inside, or right? you can go into the the uniform, which mm-hmm. is more like police. Mm-hmm. So the the uniformed officers are um, usually have were in the law enforcement or did tours or yeah. um, were in. Uh, the military, mm-hmm. um, and have high school degrees, but didn't go to college. And the, gotcha. and the suited um, individuals did go to college, so yeah. that was the difference between the two sects mm, there. Interesting. And the dudes that were suited, their starting salary was like sixty-five a year, and that's like straight out of college if you got nothing else to do. Like that's right. That's right. not bad. Well. For the DC Nova oh, area, no, no, no. that is not a living wage. Yeah. <laughs> it's a barely um, living wage. Um, but but I get what you're saying. Like yeah, yeah, six, yeah. no one's gonna like wave their or shake their yeah, finger at 65. Yeah. But um, you'd hope but then, to be then, making. You know, then uh, you move you do, up. You, you do your 20 years. You can retire right. somewhat early. Right. Um, and then uh, you get the government pension. Yes. Um, but we do what like he federal benefits. Also said was at least in my case, mm-hmm. right? Studying Mandarin, mm-hmm. you can get a big stipend, like a lot more money, if you are able to speak those languages and mm-hmm. go into the Secret Service. Yeah. So for you, um, I don't know if you're interested in that, but I did Korean, see I did see Secret Service listings on USA Jobs the other day, so I was like, oh, that'd be kind of yeah. cool. No, it, and I'd like a cool. suit. That'd be fun. Yeah. Yeah. Love a little suit. Although, yeah. although it's weird, I did not see any female Suits. suited people. In, well, in I gotta be. I gotta get in there and break the, the bake, White House ceiling. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> well, let's not break the. I'd probably go to jail for that. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to yeah. prevent. Yeah. Breaking any ceilings. But recent events, um, it was not. I did not bring the cocaine into the White House. <laughs> there was cocaine <laughs> in the White House. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, the hazmat that. thing. Yeah, yeah. No, there was, there yeah people yeah, found yeah, cocaine yeah. in the White House in a section that's. I mean, I'm like not surprised. So, like, odds minus a hundred. Who do you think it is? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> it wasn't me. Yeah, wasn't it wasn't me? me too. Although it's suspicious timing. It wasn't me. That is suspicious timing. Yeah. I don't know. I. <sighs> It could have been someone who was visit- visiting. It could have been yeah. a, an employee. Well, I don't, people do cocaine. I don't know. Yeah. It, it, like, it just, um, it'd be like that. It was in a place that I don't think is readily accessible. That's probably an employee. For visitors, but I think the most likely case is an employee. Because employee there's a lot of people going in. Yeah, right? member. So, yeah. Yeah. Some member of the crew. But a lot of people, um, you know, they politicize it real fast. You know? <laughs> right, whereas I'm just like, okay, someone yeah. who works here does cocaine and they yeah. left it at work. Oops. Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't think it's anything more than um, that. Although it could be crazy if it was, though. If it was you. No, no, not if it was me. If, if it, it was, was Joe if it Byron. Was Joe Byron or Hunter Byron. Maybe Joe Byron does cocaine. I don't know. Dude, 
Maybe that's like the only way he can. Uh, it's like not really my business. No, it's not my my business either. You know. I mean, if, you know. He's in D.C. He could just like smoke a little joint. But but the legally, thing is, the thing is, he. I feel like. If well, was, actually, no. He's a federal employee, so he couldn't. Yeah. If if he right. was he, doing illicit activities. Yeah. I feel like he would probably cover it up much better. You think so? So I don't. I think the, the chance that it was part of the family is very low. I would agree. It's probably just some Joe Schmo who works there. Yeah, but but that's interesting current affairs though. So kind of, kind <laughs> the of cocaine. Right. Yeah. I mean, it is the White House. Yeah. Oh. So like the white powder. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 This is better than them bringing weed in because it's not the greenhouse. So. Well, they do have a greenhouse. They do. Oh, then maybe there's weed in the greenhouse. But again, do you think they federal employees? So in no. In the basement. Of the White, of the White House. House. Like the same no. place where they faked the moon landing. <laughs> it's all in the same studio. <laughs> There's weed on the moon now, actually. Yeah. You can see it in 4K. Um, maybe. Dude, that's... I really... This is like, DC we're talking about. Um, Have you seen the movie Zombieland? No. But in that movie, uh, they... T- like, the White... It, you know, it's post-zombie apocalypse. And they, mm-hmm. they occupy the White House and live there. Oh, like, that's that cool. that dude's crew. Yeah, yeah. And they, like just like frick around in the basement and there's like just a bunch of like games and stuff down like interesting rooms and stuff that they they theorize to be down they have like a basketball court in there yeah Mm -hmm. so it struck my my interest because i'm like dude it'd be so cool to see if the basement yeah the basement of the white house dude come on there's, there's definitely some secret stuff down there i feel like it's just a bunch of like file cabinets probably no no, but the be files like a little, would be held uh, somewhere else. I don't think they. Well, not important not files, but just like, you know, little administrative files, maybe. Mm, I feel like Jerry be, cleaned they, the bathroom <laughs> on February second at I two p.m. Feel, I feel like they'd be in a um, a, a, a different location. Yeah, the important ones. Yeah, I would think so. I don't know how their little filing experience works what their setup is no but i did they definitely have a freaking it's an pickleball court down there now for Jill oh i <laughs> dude i love pickleball <laughs> fastest growing sport in america is it actually yeah. that's awesome get it's out, great for the young for the for the old for the middle yeah get out and pickle that's crazy pickle. are you a avid pickler no only on occasion but i do <laughs> en- i do enjoy it yeah. i don't have a set so it normally just ends up I get invited to play pickleball, and I'm like, heck yeah, brother. And so I go pickle, <laughs> but I don't have any pickleball myself. Uh, one of those sports that you, like, are taught in, uh, like, a physical education class in high school, and you're like, why would I ever have See, to do this? See, we never did that. We played uh, cricket, or not cricket. We did We did a cricket unit. What's the, maybe it was cricket, where it's, like, over the net with, like, the little, it's a little weird-looking ball with, like, the tail on it. With, like, the two balls, like, connected, and you spin it and have to hook it on, like, Oh, one of the, it's, like, a ball. it's a long game. It's a ball, and it has, like, a spiderweb-looking thing coming off of it. Oh, badminton? Badminton, thank you. We had yeah. a, not cricket, we had a badminton unit. Yeah. But we badminton never... Is still very, very popular in, like, Asia. And so, yeah, we did badminton, but never pickleball. We weren't fancy like that. I know a crazy amount about badminton in China, because I, uh... Is there a badminton culture in China? Yes, big time. Interesting. Yeah, there's a... Competitive, or is it just um, more of like a... Yeah, no, badminton and basketball is big I do know about China basketball. Chinese basketball and Taiwanese basketball Mm -hmm. is crazy. The Mm -hmm. cheerleaders will literally just be twerking on the sideline while dudes are doing free throws. That's amazing. The the videos are absolutely insane. That's beautiful. It's a great representation of the, the sport. It's, it's yeah. groundbreaking. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. You should go play basketball in China. Or Torque. Yeah. You pick. Are there any male cheer- cheerleaders over there? No, I don't oh. think so. You could be the first one. I'm, you could I'm, break that Chinese basketball <laughs> ceiling. <laughs> um, no. I, I mean, a lot of NBA players do go over there once they're retired. has run its course. Yes. But then you get Dwight they wanna... Howard. They freaking touched the <laughs> we knob. We figured it out. The game, the game was low. Oh, okay. So yeah, so first th- podcast over a series of two days. We had to, we lost the last 20 minutes. I don't remember what we talked about. So we should talk about me studying abroad. So okay. back to the Korea statement. Yeah. I, so. I've, um, so I've had um, people of Korean ethnicity on the podcast previously and i've talked a lot about that um perspective and what it's like um 
to to visit there and mm-hmm. um, talk to a little bit about their culture. But you um, have a um, sort of experience, kind of like what me and my brother have with uh, Chinese culture, mm-hmm. in which you are obviously not Korean, but you right. you know learned the language, got fluent, mm-hmm. and it lived over there for an amount right. of time. So explain um so i think well i should explain i guess how i started learning korean was in middle school i had a friend who also really loved languages i was learning elvish at the time like a complete nerd but she came to me yeah like tolkien elvish like sindarin and quenyan but anyway so what (laughs) you don't know that that's a you can do that yeah yeah yeah. i got i bought a book because he has a couple of conlangs he has like 14 but the most developed of those are the two dialects of elvish and then um i think orcish or dwarvish was pretty developed too for dwarvish he just used runes like older like actual runes um but he created an alphabet for elvish and then a pretty full like dictionary or vocab list if you want um pretty like developed grammar it's not an entirely developed or like usable language if you will um but you can learn it i bought a book that's interesting because i liked languages and i really love tolkien so anyway i was into languages and linguistics at the time i had a friend who was as well she had started learning korean i forget why she got into it but she came to me and she was like hey i think you would really enjoy to learn this alphabet not necessarily the language but she was just like i think you would like this alphabet mm-hmm. so i learned the alphabet in about 30 minutes it's a very easy alphabet to learn yeah very simple way of learning it you just use a grid system and kind of go from there um because the consonants and the vowels combine into syllable blocks so um it's a lot easier to learn than like english and english syllabary and whatnot so i learned the alphabet first learned it like 30 minutes so i could read now but i didn't know what i was reading so i decided decided to start teaching it to myself because korean was not offered at any of the schools that i went to so i started teaching it to myself was learning on my own for a couple years and then the summer between my junior and senior year of high school i applied to the national security language initiative for youth with the state department Mm -hmm. um got in my first go which very lucky to have that happen very grateful for that so i went to korea that summer i stayed in seoul in yonamdong which is really close to hongdae and i stayed with a host family absolute sweethearts love them i had three little sisters um, and I went to Iwa Women's University yeah. to their, like, lang- they have, like, a summer language camp, if you will. So I went to that every day for, I was there for six weeks with the rest of my cohort. Um, that was my first experience with Korea. And then came back, finished out my senior year of high school. Um, COVID happens, start my freshman year of college. So my first semester was at home because of COVID. And my second semester, um, I studied abroad in Korea again, but I was in Songdo, which this time, which is like near Incheon, so it's um on the west coast of Korea, yeah, on the water. Um, at because I go to George Mason and we have a campus there, so very easy to study abroad because I didn't have to worry about transferring credits or anything because it's same, it's the same school, just a different campus. Um, so those are the two times that I have been. I have a very good friend. Her name is Chewy that I met the first time I went. And coincidentally, she was on the same campus as me the second time I went, so I got to hang out with her for a you whole guys, semester. You uh, guys like room room together? Or? No, um, because she was in the doubles and I was in the singles. But she and I would hang out every day. She also goes to um, SUNY. She yeah. doesn't go to Mason. She goes to SUNY. Um, but she's gonna be in the U.S. for the next year, so I'm actually gonna see her for the first time in two years. Wow! Next month, so that's really exciting. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's all of my experiences in Korea. I guess do you have any questions about it or? I mean, um, I, I think it's, it's, it's crazy, uh, I guess, how fast that you actually got to that level of fluency, yeah. especially for, for, an, for an Asian language, because mm-hmm. they tend to be, you know, right. um, <coughs> especially, you know, challenging. Right. So that's very impressive. Yeah. I think what's nice about Korean, again, is the simplicity of the alphabet, um, because it was created in the 1400s. Um, for the purpose of, at the time, Koreans were using Chinese characters, which, as you know, are ideographs and pictographs, yeah. which are very difficult to learn. And so at the time, only the higher or the upper class had the privilege of knowing how to read and write. And so the emperor, the king at the time, King Sejong, he felt that this was very unjust. You know, he was frustrated with this, that his people were illiterate. So he and, like, a council created this alphabet. And it was made, it was engineered to be as simple as possible. Yeah. So that it could be taught to the masses and it could be used. 
Um, so a lot of the consonants and even I think even some of the vowels, the way that they're shaped um, reflects the shape of your mouth when you're creating that sound. Wow. So it's, you know, it gives you like an image to kind of tie it to if you think about the shape that your mouth is making when you're making that sound. Um, and again, the way that it is set up with the syllable blocks and the grid system to learn it, it's just a very simple and in that way beautiful yeah. alphabet to learn, I think. And I think so that learning that makes the gateway into the language all that more easier because I think Chinese characters are very daunting. And then if you have decided to take up the behemoth of a challenge of learning Japanese, you yeah. now have to learn two phonetic alphabets and learn these pictographic characters on top mm -hmm. of that with kanji. So I think it really is like the simplest one to start Yeah. of the East Asian yeah. tri trifecta of languages, if you will. Yeah, because um, Mandarin is like a, it's like a, you, you feel like you almost, like uh, people that live in China, mm -hmm. at least... Um, so I've heard some people say this, like, they aren't even fully fluent in the language by right. what we mean, which right. is crazy. Yeah, because there's so many characters and right. phrases and meanings and the, the different, the hundreds of differences in right. dialect and pronunciation mm -hmm. and tone and that type of thing. So. Yeah, that the tonal part on yeah. top of it. Like, Korean is tonal in the sense that English is tonal and that um, a question and an answer might be worded exactly the same. The only way that you know it's a question is because your tone goes up at the end. Mm -hmm. So if you were to say, like, pamogol, and then someone would say, like, ne, pamogol. So that would be, like, oh, or mm -hmm. like, are you hungry? Or, like, do you want to eat? Or have you eaten? And they'd be like, yeah, I've eaten. Like, yeah, I'm eating. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, the words are exactly the same. The only difference is that, you know, your tone went up at the end. But, that, I mean, that's basically the same for English, except we would have a little bit of a change in the sentence structure. So, like... Oh, are you eating would be like oh yeah i'm eating so there's a slight change in what words are used but the tonal aspect is still there at the end yeah but chinese is a lot more tonal than that actually yeah. like, cantonese yeah. has what 11 tones yes and cantonese mandarin is 11 mandarin is five five yeah so so yeah that's very difficult to me <laughs> yeah and then recently uh you also started learning italian right? yes so i did start studying italian in school because i have a minor in it and i started did I, I think i started it the summer before school um through like the school of leonardo da vinci i think yeah in Firenze, which it was online mm -hmm. so i did it online but i took like an introductory course online with an italian school um, and that was a great way to like introduce me to it, but then I ended up minoring in it. Yeah, and then um, you did spend some time in Italy, right? Yeah, so summer 2022, I was there for a month. The month of June, I was in Siena, and I went to the University of Siena for foreigners and took Italian classes there, and then I also took a class on Dante, specifically the Inferno, mm -hmm. with one of our yeah. professors from Mason, um, yeah. which was great, so it was a good time. Yeah. But yeah, I love studying abroad. It's a lot yeah. of fun. Yeah, yeah. Drains your bank account. Hopefully. But it's, it <laughs> yeah. made me so poor, but it was worth it, I think, in the long run. So Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Those experiences, and I hope that I have mm -hmm. a, a similar um, you ability. Should. I think if everyone is able, because I, re I recognize that it's very much like a privilege to be able to do that. I mean, like, with Italy, I saved up entirely on my own. I received no help, so, like, I worked very hard for that. But, like, even the, the ability to be able to save up for that is a privilege, you know what I mean? So, yeah. Like, the ability to study abroad really is a privilege. But I think if you are lucky enough to have that privilege you should because mm -hmm. it's such an amazing experience and i think it does a lot for your character <laughs> yeah you definitely know? yeah and um so this is this is going to be uh kind of an interesting question okay so the audience of this podcast generally mm -hmm. right now mm -hmm. is a lot of kids that are in high school yeah and as a person that is not in high school no and God. has to <laughs> yeah, well and has to make uh, have financial responsibility for yeah. themselves yeah just elaborate slightly on the eternal pain that is uh. what I <laughs> <laughs> yeah as an adult, you have things you have to pay for i have car payments right now because i've I got a car because yeah, I, I needed a car to drive to my job. So I had, you know, I had to get a car. Um, so that's, you know, $300 a month in payments and then $100 in insurance every month. Yeah. Um, so there's $400 out of my wallet. And the gas on top of that, which is probably another 60 to 100 a month, depending on what I'm doing. Um, so there's $500 out of my bank account every month. Um, 
I kind of make it, made a stupid decision recently and built a PC, which was great. <laughs> I was not doing very well. <laughs> so I thought, I mean, I had been planning to build this PC for a while, but then I did not. I bought all of the parts at once, which is not what I should have done. I should have mm-hmm. bought them over like a couple weeks or a couple months. Um, but I bought them all at once and that kind of killed my bank account too. I'm recovering from that now. It was worth it because I got all of my emotions out and I got a computer. So it was, <laughs> it was worth it. But like that was not a great decision. Yeah. But yeah, I think... It's very manageable. I have been in the past very, very good at saving. Like I said, I saved up for that Italian trip. So that was, I saved up like six grand to afford that. Mm -hmm. And I had money left over um, afterwards, which was nice. Um, I find that like keeping, I do better with things on paper than like, you know, an Excel sheet. I've like, I've been, I've been using an Excel sheet recently, but I find that like I do better keeping track of things on paper. So I had a little notebook that I would budget in and that was very helpful um, I think having a goal is what really motivates you. So, like, right now, my goal, in the past, it was Italy, or it was, I want to build a PC. But, like, now the goal is just financial security yeah. and to move out in a year and be on my own, which is a very good goal to have. I'm trying to think of what else I would recommend. Um, getting a retirement, again, this is a privilege to be able to do this, but getting a retirement account as soon as possible. Yeah. Like, I set up... I think a lot of people just don't know that you can do this, but I set up my Roth at 18. And, like, at first I was only putting, like, $50 a month into it, but, like, at least I'm putting something into it. And then once you get a job, a lot of companies will match your contributions and you will start being able to put thousands of dollars into it every month. Mm-hmm. But you need to start it as early as possible. Um, so, you know, you got you to gotta sit down and look at your options because there are options besides a Roth IRA. But setting up some sort of long-term savings that, like, Again, if you can afford to do this, you put money away and you, you just don't look at it. Because that is for 60-year-old me. Yeah. Like that is, I'm not touching that anytime soon. And it would be to my disadvantage to touch it because I would have to pay taxes if I took it out yeah. before. It, I, think, I think it's 65. Um, so, yeah. Just creating yeah. long-term savings account that you just don't even really look at. And they're automated um, transfers to it every month. And that will set you up in the long run. Yeah. And, and um, old you will appreciate it when Social Security is dr- drained <laughs> and you need money. <laughs> so. I'm not sure. Are you, uh, do you have what you would consider, a, you know, your your career sort of starting job? Or are you still floating around? I'm arena? still kind of floating around just like doing what will make me money right now and trying to figure out what I really want to do. Um, I know I think, I think I don't think this part got cut off i think we talked about yeah like maybe going into like government or like yeah. private um going into defense contracting you know selling my soul and doing something like that so <laughs> they make a lot of yeah, money they do, they do make a lot of money yeah. and with you know the skills of learning languages you've had right. uh you right. know you did that trip with a government-sponsored program mm-hmm. previously so that, that state department oh, yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. um yeah, and that was an awesome opportunity because it was fully paid for. Um, so if, I mean, your audience is in high school right now, so they can still apply for Nisley. Yeah. Um, but once you're out of high school, the sister program for college students is called CLS. Again, fully paid for. You also get a stipend like we did. I believe your stipend is a little bit more. And you are in your host country for eight weeks instead of six. And there's also a wider range. So we only had like six languages to choose from. With CLS, I think they have upwards of like 15. Don't quote me on that. But there's more languages and more host countries to pick from. And again, fully paid for. Very competitive. But, you know, you can apply all four years. You have all four years to try to get in. Yeah, Um, there's there's a lot of... uh like summer programs or you know if you're not doing anything do something right right but yeah i cannot recommend like anything with iron in the state department um there's also i forget yes abroad i think is one that i believe is also fully funded um if you want to do a fulbright after you graduate fulbrights are great that's like it's like a post-college thing yeah i yeah i think you have to have completed your degree to do a fulbright maybe uh but there are the government has a lot of opportunities for you to go abroad and for you to learn for you to be a cultural ambassador for the u.s and pick (laughs) (laughs) no seriously like and pick up skills along the way because they want to invest in you so that you'll come back and work for them yeah i mean who doesn't like a free trip i mean yeah (laughs) it was great and it was so nice because i felt like that was the first time i was around such like-minded people or i was around a lot of these kids were like very motivated and like loved language and wanted like a future I wanted a job that, you know, these skills were going to serve them in. And I think that was, like, the first time I was sort of around such like-minded people. Yeah. So that was very good for and me. That, that definitely is important. It was very motivating. And I think I've been um, blessed to be able to, to 
um, sort of come up in a in a group of kids that are very involved mm -hmm. in academic life and trying to get to a good college, do mm -hmm. things that are um, interesting. I think that's that always pushes you to be yeah, better. Right, you so guys have a lot of drive. Yeah, surround yourself with those people, mm -hmm. and then you know. Um, you always want to come up with the people around you. Mm -hmm. And that that's actually something that I've um, used uh, pretty recently in my new my new philosophy. Oh, right? Do, do tell. My new philosophy. Mm -hmm. um, don't at, try and... Th don't think, especially in the sick, twisted high school, apply for college world yes. that we're in, <laughs> that it's, you know, you versus all the people around you, right? Because that's right. very unhealthy. It, yes. What you should be um, thinking is that how can I work with the people around me? How can mm -hmm. we all work together? Because in the real world, in, you know, jobs or whether you're you're in a nice group of people, whatever, surround yourself with those people because mm -hmm. eventually, you know, it's a lot easier to um, learn from everyone's mistakes at the same time and only do them once rather than everyone making the same mistakes yes. on their own. Right. So no, yeah. working well in a group is very valuable and it is noticed. Um, because again, like you said, I think when you're in high school and you guys are so competitive and everyone's like trying to get into the best schools, if you are so focused on yourself and you lose, you never learn like collaboration skills, mm -hmm. you're going to fall behind in college. You're going to fall behind in a workplace because no one is going to want to work with you if it's all about you and like, oh, I'm good at this and these are my accomplishments. Yeah. Rather than, and I'm so cool, look at me. Rather than like, okay, well, what skills can I bring to a team and how can I bring out other people's skills and showcase other people's skills and make sure that like everyone is doing well and everyone is shining and like the group is working cohesively. And so I think that's people forget that because they get so lost in the rat race and they're so focused on their own success which is yeah. important but you know you need to learn to work well in a group yeah. yeah and and obviously you know not everyone's fortunate enough to be in the situation mm -hmm. um where you're surrounded by people who have a that sort of positive mindset um and starting something by yourself you know whether you start a business or mm -hmm. whatever is always is always um is always good and very helpful but uh, in terms of starting a business, I've always dreamed that you'd be able to go into business with, you know, people that were other people that were smart and cool that you could work with. Right, right. And do you, do you see yourself doing something like that? Maybe. I've never really considered myself much of an entrepreneur. <laughs> like, I like to think I'm creative or innovative, but I've never seen myself as, like, starting a business. I think if I were to start a business, it would be, like, a little seaside shop where I was selling like to me but, that's like me starting a business would be like like a little even, store even that is still bringing some profit to society right if right. you want to move to the the shore of a lower income community mm -hmm. get a get a cheap house and live near the beach and have mm -hmm. a little surf shop maybe you're not making enough money but still enough to Live survive. somewhat comfortably yeah. and survive down there. Right. Right. That's someone still, had to open a surf shop there. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So I think that's what I would see myself doing more than like a big business. But I don't know. How have you felt creating Comic Aid and like? Do you get to? I don't know. Do you have friends that work with you on that? Yeah. So not um, officially. Okay. Because when I was starting it, it was mm -hmm. sort of over the summer, and obviously the idea of planning and like about the first six months to a year were just basically me putting in all the work. Right. And I was like, this would be really fun if I got friends to help. Yeah. Right? And they they are very willing to help because, right. again, I can offer community service hours. I was going to say, do they get volunteer yeah. hours for it? Yeah, yeah. So um, whenever I go on donations, as you can see on the Instagram account, or to events and stuff like that, or if mm -hmm. I need help with something, it's always nice to have dudes there. Right. Because it makes, you know, nothing better than having fun with friends while helping people. Yeah. That's amazing. Right. That's and that's one books. of the blessings that I've been able to, to been able to to create yep. with that. Um, oh, that's awesome. And then obviously this podcast. I mean, it doesn't really work without other people. Yeah, <laughs> like I could sit here and just talk to myself. But... I don't really want to talk to myself. Yeah. I think I think the audience and myself would get very bored with that. Yeah. yeah. No, that makes sense. But yeah. But as as a further example, that everything that I've done and everything that most people do. You rely on other people. Yes. Yeah. So. Yeah. Unless you're like a hermit out in the mountains. You kind of need a community. <laughs> but even then. But even then you're like working with the rabbits and stuff. And you know. Like yeah. Like, killing like, them. There's <laughs> <laughs> hey. The earth is giving back to you. <laughs> Dude, yeah. I don't know. I, 
I feel like I need to to do a podcast soon with someone who is like an avid hunter, and see and see their perspective on like animals, and and how right. nature is. Because right. I don't think I've. Have you ever been hunting? Once or twice. Okay. What were you hunting for? Um. Once was deer. Yeah. And the others was ducks. Deer hunting's fun. Yeah. Yeah. But but at the same time, you know, I'm not I'm not like like I will always eat meat. Right. Like I'm not gonna go vegetarian, vegan, whatever. I just right. simply think that that's not very healthy for you right. in terms of dietary and since the dawn of time. Right. You know, you need it to survive. Mm-hmm. Um. But like, for sport, I can kind of understand why people um get annoyed if mm-hmm. it is you know if it is an animal that's going extinct. Right. But in some areas, there's hella deer right a lot like overpopulated (laughs) amounts of deer to where they're spilling on the roads yeah and so many deer Mm -hmm. and animals get killed on roads in california they have a huge problem with that of um, mountain lions and Mm -hmm. you know um medium-sized cats and all those animals Mm -hmm. getting killed on highways that they've had to like build animal bridges over caged highways Mm -hmm. it's crazy right so so we are more people are probably killing animals on the roads than than hunting. <laughs> yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, no, I the same way. Like, I don't have any major moral issues with like hunting for sport. I think as yeah. long as you're acting humanely and you're not causing any prolonged unnecessary suffering, I yeah. don't see any. Again, and and the animal is not endangered, and there are no laws against hunting for sport. Then I don't see yeah. anything. Obviously, if you're it's, if you're following regulations, I want to do it. Maybe not. Like, I like I've been hunting and I enjoyed it. Would I want to do it regularly? Probably not. Yeah. Um. But then again, like hunting for, if you're actually consuming, you know, that food and you're using it for yourself and for your own nourishment, again, no moral issues there because that's how nature works. And that's (laughs) that's kind of what, um, whenever I think of hunting, I think of, um, that Native American kind of like use every part of the animal. Right, right. Like that's like somewhat beautiful to me. It is. I agree. Because if you, you take a life in nature out of necessity, Mm -hmm. And then you use every part of it, whether you right. use the hide for, for fur, you sell it, mm-hmm. um, and then you eat the meat right. or whatever. Like, that seems a lot more ethical and moral and beautiful, in a sense, with right. nature than... Because you're respecting the life and you're yeah. showing, you know, your gratitude for it, so yeah. I agree. Yeah. yeah, but then at the same time, it's like you see a spider in the house, step on it. Dude, I've been trying <laughs> to get better at that, because I feel bad, no, because I saw this poem on TikTok about, like, uh, this, from the perspective of a spider who was getting killed, <laughs> and it was so sad, and it made me rethink all the spiders I've smushed, and, like, these poor little spiders are probably, no, I, like, actually had a crisis over this little TikTok poem. I was like, oh my gosh, like, these poor spiders, and I forget what the quote was, but he was like, how, like, something about, like, just because I'm a lot, or <laughs> I can't, I can't quote it, because I don't know it, but it was very sad, and so now I'm like, Okay, maybe I need to get over my fear. I need to start catching them and then releasing I've, them outside. I killed like ten bucks this trip. Sick. <laughs> <laughs> I've been ignoring them in the house here because there's this one that's been chilling in our bathroom and he hasn't bothered me, so I've just left him. He's very small. I also think he's dead because he hasn't moved, so he's probably <laughs> just dead. That's usually what happens. Yeah, the, the and also are... Lucas the spider, like he's. <laughs> but yeah, and Lucas the spider too. So I'm like. <sighs> Like, is there anything horribly wrong with killing a spider? No, but that poem made me sad. And I'm like, well, you know, I could go the extra mile to, like, catch them and then release them outside, and that'd probably be kind of me. I did kill a fly in my room in great anger (laughs) a couple weeks ago. I was really upset about something that was going on, and then this freaking fly was in my room. And it wouldn't, you know, if they land somewhere and then you try to hit them, they move because they can feel the air coming. So what I did was I took a magazine and I chased this sucker around my room and was <laughs> in the air until he fell on the floor and then I killed him. <laughs> I feel so bad. But also, I was he was getting on my nerves. He flew a little too close to my face. So I did murder a fly. I will admit to that, but I'm going to work on the spider thing. <laughs> I, just, I don't like the way spiders move. Like, snakes are cute. I'm yeah. cool with snakes. Me and snakes are chilling. I just don't like the way spiders move. Disgusting. Why yeah. do you have so many legs? Eight. Be an amputee. Okay. <laughs> my dad. dad. My dad's an amputee. I can make amputee jokes. <laughs> just for clarify. Disclaimer. <laughs> Disclaimer. We love a good joke in my family. It's, yeah. It's okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> was that I, our dude, 20 you, minutes we needed? Yeah, it was like it was it was like 30. We're wow. good. Um. 
I'm going to think about that spider thing now. Yeah, I'll find the TikTok poem and I'll send it to you. And you're going to cry. I was like so upset. I was like, no. Okay. Well, we're going to we're going to exit out here. Sounds Thank good. you for coming on this. Love you guys. Um. <laughs> that was goofy. No. <laughs> good night. Uh, bye everyone. We got big things coming. Stay tuned. Keep he'll, tuning in if you're still with me. He'll link my Instagram. Actually, he won't cuz I won't accept that never follow Crest if I don't know who you are. <laughs> So he won't be linking my Instagram. Okay, buddy. <laughs>